Hey everyone, we recorded this episode last Wednesday, and last night we got the unfortunate and heartbreaking news that Chadwick Boseman passed away. We're going to get into the legacy he leaves behind in the world of pop culture and geekdom next week, but I thought we should at least do a moment of sound this week for the great Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace and rest in power. The time has come for you to come home and be reunited with me. For a good man to be king. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses. Give this man a shield. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 211 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Haraj Olashai, and my co-pilots for this evening's Galaxy Full of Geekdom, the young, the restless, the bearded one, Mr. Carlos. Buarguayo. The man we call Crunch Crunch. The man who was crunching on coffee grinds just a second ago. He isn't with us here in the Sith Lair. He's in his own home, calling in through Skype. We're not used to this, but say hello to Mr. Les is. Sipping coffee instead of slurping it from a spoon now. And by the way, he's using a can and a string to talk to us tonight. He decided to use his it's connected to the Sony laptop. Walkman microphone <laughs> and headphones to be on this podcast. We really appreciate it for the effort there, uh, Les. I got to keep this at a nice level. You guys are all too big for your britches now, so. I wish I could understand what you were saying, but your mic sucks. Uh-huh. The man we call King Tom, the king of all pods. Say hello. Mr. Tom Chansky. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm you know, crunching on Kool-Aid over here. Ooh. <laughs> crunching on Kool-Aid. Wow. I like it. Do you remember Fun Dip? Oh, oh yeah, man. Fun yeah. Dip was like my, one of my favorite Crack candies. Crack in a pouch. Oh, yeah, it's so yeah. rad. And the best is that little chalk-ass stick that you got afterwards, right? You're not supposed to eat that. Bullshit. You're not? Yeah, you are. <laughs> That's the best part of it. Fun Dip. That's what I think about this podcast. It's like Fun Dip. Well, pixie sticks. Bad for you? It's really bad for you. <laughs> Something yeah, you should give for your children. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a good idea until you're about halfway through. Yeah. You got all these flavors, but after right. the first few, they all taste exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> just like a zebra gum. Do you remember those animal gums, that, the zebra ones? Fruit stripe? Yeah. Zebra stripes were the best tasting gum for 30 seconds. <laughs> and then it tastes then like rubber. It. Tastes like Plasti Dip. Uh but it's so good in the beginning. Not that I've tasted Blasty Dip. I'm just. You guys, you guys remember Pixie Sticks too, right? Where it's just pure sugar. Yes, mm-hmm. Pixie Sticks. Yeah, 
Absolutely. No, no. no. Do, uh, do you guys? Uh, I'm sure you guys remember Smarties. They look pills. like ecstasy pills. They look like pills. Molly like, pills. I, I remember a buddy. Ecstasy of mine. looks like Smarties. Oh, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I remember my buddy. I think it was like junior high. He crutched the like a whole thing of those up and just snorted it like a lion. That was really? that was a horrible choice. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> we used to do that with Fun Dip. Remember uh, Pop Rocks? You know, there's things you could do with Pop Rocks. <laughs> Well, guys, it looks like that's all we have time for tonight. Uh, uh, I just want to thank you guys our guests Pop that Rocks, we have right? for coming yeah. on. Oh, yeah. The man we call El Hombre. The man who used to pop my rock, Mr. Oh. Eric. Don't you ever say that again. <laughs> it besmirched my good name, sir. <laughs> Eric Strathers, everybody. Here I am. I was going to do a song, but I didn't want him to do the hey or whatever the hell he's been doing the last couple episodes. I just did, did it right it. there. Ay, ay. Oh, you did it. Damn you. Ay, ay, ay. Tonight, we have a special guest who has graced his presence into the Sith Lair from the Jam Transmissions podcast. It's a Star Wars podcast, if you don't know already. And after this podcast, you will know. Please welcome Mr. Rick Villanueva to the Sith Lair. How you doing, Rick? I'm good. You know, you went from Pop Rocks to a song, and then it made me think of Cop Rock, the greatest TV show oh, in the history of television. Cop so, Rock. Yeah. Yes, Cop Rock. That lasted like one season, right? It was uh, It was one song, and then season two was called Glee. Oh, Stephen Bochco. Was it was Stephen like Bochco. Yeah, the they, they turned they turned oh, it into the like a 21 Jump Street kind of thing. Right. It was back in right. high school and. I think we've talked about Cop Rock. I think Eric talked about like a scene in jail. Correct, Eric? Am I am I wrong? I don't think that was me. Oh, uh, okay. Well, sorry. It must have but been we, somebody I, else off. Because I remember looking up a soundbite for Cop Rock and I was like, wow, this is awful. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks for uh, gracing us with your presence here. Well, thanks for inviting me, man. I've been excited about this since uh, we talked about it. And um, I'm, I'm just happy to be here hanging out with the uh, United Colors of Benetton over here. So this is a lot of fun. <laughs> we are. We are the United Colors of Ben and Don. We are the United Nations of Podcasting, as I call us. We almost met you. Some of us met you at Celebration. We almost met you in Chicago. And I was looking forward to meeting you and stuff got out of whack and we couldn't. And I was looking forward to meeting you for Celebration Anaheim and stuff got obviously crazy and we couldn't. But we're definitely going to meet you, I hope, for 2022. Fingers crossed. I actually didn't have tickets for Anaheim uh, for, um, well, now. You know, it kind of it wasn't in the cards for us. We kind of knew that, but uh, with things being oh, okay. as delayed, and you know, the world is as it is. Um, right. You know, we'll see how things go. It's a possibility, so we'll see. Good. Knock on wood. You're in Chicago, correct? Yeah, we are uh, suburban Chicago. Um, I know, uh, being a Chicagoan, when people say, "Well, you're in Chicago," and you're actually not, people get pissed. So we're, we're in the burbs. You know, I'm I'm in uh, Claire Stribling country. We're out. We're in the outskirts. No, everybody's good. You know, still working. Uh, kiddos getting ready to start school right. in a couple of days. Yeah, tomorrow maybe. So, um, yeah, no, everybody's good. Fantastic. Staying healthy. Yeah, I uh, I only sneeze on people I don't like. That's great. We'll get into uh, jam transmissions in a second. Let me ask all these fine young gentlemen. Fine, I was going to say fine young cannibal because you know why? You drive me crazy. Ah, oh, there it is, Eric. <laughs> Eric, how are you, man? Let me start with you. How you doing? Buddy? <laughs> Buddy, it's been a roller coaster, but I am fantastic, followed directly by awesome. So there you go. Everything coming up? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a coworker test positive for COVID, and that was just the start of the most excellent couple of weeks. But everything's good, man. Things are just right uptown. 
Well, I'm glad. I'm glad things are better and you're healthy. Family's doing well. Everything's good. The kids went back to school. Sorry, I I should have mentioned that. Yeah, my kids went back to school. They've been in school for just about a week now. And so far, so good, except where I live. They're rolling back on our lack of restrictions and restaurants and bars are being forced to reduce their capacity drastically again. And like we're hoping that the kids keep going to school, man. I'll tell you what, I'm just going to say it. Parents and teachers, however... Your kids, however the kids are being educated right now, you're rock stars. And I don't know how people manage to do it. It's just unbelievable. Like how many steps ahead that my kids' teachers have thought this out. They've got contingency plan after contingency plan. Man, it's pretty amazing. Oh, it's crazy. My uh, sister-in-law, Boo's sister, has uh, three kids. Two kids going to school, three kids total, but, and a little dog that they just got. And they were both doing the distance learning. I don't know if you know the story, Boo. The dog too? The dog. No, the dog. Well, the dog has. Well, the dog has something to do with it. Oh, because one of the kids was sitting down quietly doing stuff, and then all of a sudden, my sister-in-law goes, "The name of the dog is Queenie." In the background, she just looks in the ground and goes, "Queenie took a shit on the floor." (laughs) The the teacher stopped the whole session and goes, "Isaiah, could you please tell your mother uh, on the fuck? Yeah, please uh, um, keep the words to a minimum." (laughs) And then they set out a whole memo to every parent in school about keeping the the language a little bit. uh, but uh, I'm sure that's not the first time it's happened. School friendly. Yeah. King Tom, how you doing, bud? You know, I'm pretty good. I uh, took a few days off this week and that ended up being just like every other day this summer trying to work from <laughs> home where I'm you right. know, home with the kids. Uh, but no, it was, it was good. Then I had like 70 emails when I went back today. Oh, so, uh, it's the worst. Yeah, but it, it's all right. Good. At least you're, you're doing well. You're healthy. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mr. Gonzalez, other than eating grinds of coffee, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, doing okay. Well, I'm glad you're here, even though you're not here. But I'm definitely glad you're here. Boo, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, Boo and I got to go to Arizona for a family trip, and we quarantined ourselves into this really nice suite Mm -hmm. with the whole family. And all we did is go to the pool and go in the room. Because it was 117 degrees. It's 117 degrees the first day in Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. And then it went down to 113. So very lovely for us. And then there was like a, one of those desert monsoons. Yeah. Thunder and lightning and Mm -hmm. it's pouring rain. And then the next day it's humid as hell. Other than that, it was great. Yeah. And then driving with two babies in the car for five hours. That was fantastic for me (laughs) with white noise in the background. I even played Star Wars lullabies to see if they go to sleep. No, that didn't work. Is is that why there were, there were uh, hand marks in the uh, steering wheel? Yeah. Having dentations in in the car. Well, I'm glad everybody's doing good. Now, Rick, please tell us and tell the listeners about your wonderful podcast, Jam Transmissions, so people can subscribe and listen and let us know. So, yeah, so I, I host a, uh, a Star Wars podcast called Jam Transmissions with my good friend Pete. And um, I cannot claim credit for starting the show. Pete had a, a co-host prior to me. They took a little hiatus. Uh, Pete asked me to come on back in... Oh, uh, April or May or so, I think it was. Uh, we had a little bit of time to prep, and um, I've been on ever since. I've been on maybe um, 10 episodes now. We've been having a, a really good time. You know, Pete is another one of those guys that I had planned to meet at Celebration last year. Our paths just didn't cross. You know, it's a hectic weekend, so we we didn't get right. together. But, you know, we had swapped phone numbers beforehand in the year and a half or so. Like a lot of people, we've become really good friends. I'm glad to have Pete and his wife Eden in my life, um, even though we haven't met uh, physically. 
Um, we haven't met in person, but you know, the, the show's a lot of fun. We try to keep it very listener interactive. You know, we do encourage people to send in emails and things like that. We're not getting a lot right now because, you know, people are busy, lives are what they are. But uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're having a lot of fun doing uh, book reviews and talking, talking nerd. You know, it's just uh, two guys and, uh, you know, his wife when she jumps on every, occasionally just geeking out, just like a little mini Sith layer. You know, that what's great about this whole thing, I always say is it's amazing. Like, I, I felt like I've been really good friends with King Tom. The first time I met him was Celebration. And when you walk through his 10 feet of him walking through the pearly gates of the hotel, I got so excited. Less than I almost jumped him. Like, we literally almost jumped and like hugged him. But it's so cool to like know someone and feel like you'd known them and you're really great friends with them, but you still haven't really met them. And that's what's awesome about the Star Wars community. I always say that. And we have so many great friends because of this. Like, the celebration's happening. And by the time people are hearing this, this is already going to be done. But we're going to be in a massive, celebration group chat i think it's friday with a ton of people and hopefully that goes well because i think there's gonna be like 35 people in it but it's gonna be our little mini celebration it's so cool like those are the people that we're gonna hang out with and meet and be with all weekend and we miss the fact that we're gonna do that so we're gonna get together and still try to do something so i'm so glad that's really cool rick and when you meet pete i bet you won't be as tall as king tom that's for sure uh pete's got a little bit of height on me i mean I'm I'm a hobbit in a world of men, so <laughs> that's all right. Hey, b- b- before we get into like any of like the big news stuff, I, I do have something that I want to say. Um, episode two eleven. I'm so glad yeah. I got to be on this show because this is isn't this the show that Eric becomes an official member of the Sithless crew? I know he's been on um, occasionally, but I didn't know if he was ever <laughs> like actually named. So I'm glad I could yes. be on this one. We decided two eleven was the actual date that we are going to officially make him a member of the set list i'm feeling pretty good about it yeah i'm glad glad i could be here for this one (laughs) (laughs) oh man let me give out the shenanigans check us out on the sitlist.net where you can listen to the entire sitlist catalog if you so desire also it's where you can buy sitlist gear check out our pot it forward page when you can just click podcasts like blue harvest steel wars the pop culture our jam transmissions is on there the bad motivators force toast canto by dispatch star wars spelt out all kinds of different podcasts. Just click them and you'll go there. And don't worry, boo. I'm not going to say what you don't want me to say this thank, time. Thank you. I'm really thinking it. about you. You're, you. you're welcome. You're welcome. What is it that he's not wanting you to say? Oh. He wanted me, not me to say fuzzy place. Uh. That's the fuzzy thing. He just doesn't like it. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know why it's weird, but fuzzy, fuzzy. I don't know. Yeah. And, and then also like <laughs> eating the coffee grinds. That, you don't like that either? No, that, that, that weirded me out too. Really? Yeah. Just the idea of Sn- like snorting the, uh, that's fine. Dipped in it. You can snort. You, you can snort whatever the hell you want, but just like gri- eating the coffee grinds just weirded me out too. I don't know why. Okay. By the way, you can also check out our trailer trash page on the net where you can watch four of them that we have up. I, you know what? I found a Turkish Star Wars. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I think you have. It's insane. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen, but I couldn't find a trailer for it. Everything that I found was like a five minute video on it. And there's a whole movie about making Turkish Star Wars. We have a really interactive podcast. Well, no, it's just, it's just, I, I don't is, trust you with her. the, with the joke. That oh, the gobble like, gobble. Yeah. No, I, I swear to you. God, there's a Turkish Star I, Wars. I don't trust you. What is it? Yeah. Is it just, <laughs> you guys are waiting for it, me to give you a cheap joke. Yeah. Is it just no. a bunch of turkeys running around? No, dude, or I swear. Somebody back me up. Please tell me somebody who's seen Turkish Star Wars. It's somebody who saw, saw it after like mock toys. No, it was a movie made in Turkey. Yes. That was a total ripoff of Star Wars. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, and, and some of the knockoff toys that they made are insanely expensive. Exactly. To find them. It's, le- yeah. Yeah. It's, it's legit. It's legit. No <clears throat> gobble gobble jokes, dude. All right. Okay. I, I just I just didn't want to you know tee it up for you. That's a- I think everybody was just waiting for me to gobble gobble it up. No gobble gobble. Box office streaming. It looks like Unhinged takes the top spot. This is the first time that we can say that a number one movie made more than like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Usually it's like 550000 4.1 million for Unhinged. This is Russell Crowe's film where he loses his shit. Kind of like the old Michael Douglas one, Falling Down, I think it was yeah. called, where I guess he loses his mind, he's got road rage, and he just fucking goes ape shit. He's having a shitty day. He's having a really shitty day. Uh, 4.1 million. And I saw Goonies was third. So Goonies is like making money, like slowly making money. So is Empire Strikes Back. So there's that. And number one on streaming was Tax Collector again. It's a LaBuffessance. No? I guess. Yeah, I started Lovecraft Country. I started yeah. that on HBO. First episode, phenomenal. Lorraine and I are really into it. Second episode. It's just weird and crazy. But the end of the episode, I was just like, what the fuck just happened in this episode where I had to go online and try to read about what the fuck happened because I didn't understand any of it. But I still liked it. Does that make sense? It's like yeah. interesting. Has anybody else seen it? I've seen I've seen it every time it came on. Lovecraft Country. Yes. Are they graphic novels? Or are they just books? What are they? It's a novel. Oh, it's a novel. It's Very horror, sci-fi, fantasy done in the 50s. Great soundtrack. Uses music from the past and current music. Uses spoken word as a soundtrack. Just really well done. And J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. And it's Bad Robot production. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Anybody watch anything else? I saw Project Power on Netflix. How was, was that? It was okay. The concept is cool. But uh, the concept is, is it's a drug. And you take the pill and you have, a, it's a random power for five minutes. Oh. So it could be anything. And the problem is, is the side effects is a big deal. And then Jamie Foxx's character has got a major connection to the whole thing. So okay, uh, it, it was pretty good. It was a pretty solid movie. Not, not great, but solid for Netflix. All right. Cool. I'll check it out. I watched a movie on Disney Plus called Magic Camp that had woman who plays Britta on community mm. and the, a dude who showed up at who it turns out is um, I can't think of his real name now I feel bad but anyway he was also in one episode of community <laughs> but he, they're magicians at, and they teach at this magic camp and it's actually a really good movie I was shocked at how how funny it was right on disney plus yep magic camp magic camp i've been watching high score on netflix how's that it's really cool it's like a like a history of video games um kind of a documentary thing it's only six episodes oh yeah i forgot about that i did watch a few episodes of that myself i watched the first like 20 minutes and then i couldn't watch it anymore not because it wasn't good i had to do something else but yeah i am definitely gonna watch that it looks super cool i wonder if dragon's lighter is on there do you guys know that Ryan Reynolds is going to do a Dragon's Lair film? Did you guys hear about this? So, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not no. fucking joking. <laughs> I'm not fucking joking. I'm serious. <laughs> Every time I say something, you guys think I'm joking. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is signed up to do a Dragon's Lair film. No, it's, it's legit. I, I read it on uh, Variety. So that's interesting. He's in production of trying to get it all together, but then COVID happened. But he has the rights to it. That's cool. Yeah. And he sold his gin company and he made like $600 million, by the way. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing now is to start a booze company and just sell it. 
Yeah. And who's who's drinking his booze? Like, is have you ever? Aviator? Is that, is that no, called, avi- right? avi- avi- aviator. Yeah, it's aviator. aviator Who goes to a bar? I mean, I'm going to ask Rick. Rick, are you a bartender? No. See, I don't know where that came from. I, I've worked in bars, and I think our like signals got crossed. Right. I still work in bars. Oh, I'm, I work. Oh. I work construction. Somebody yeah. <laughs> told me in Chicago, we're going to go to Rick's bar. He's a bartender. Yes, and he- I remember. I was there. I heard that. Yes. Yeah. No. That was um. I I, I was talking with uh, with Johnny Grosso beforehand, and I have friends that work in bars. I worked in bars for years and years, and I still have friends in the industry. So I was like, "You guys should come up to my friend's bar. It's a, it's a small place, but it's loud." And he was like, "Yeah, no, we just kind of want to hang out." And I think signals got crossed, and it turned into, "Well, that's Rick's bar." And I'm like, "No, it ain't. it's not ah. my bar." But has any has anybody ever heard anybody go up to a bar and ask for Aviator or ask for like? George Clooney's tequila. Like I, I've never had anybody around me even try that stuff, but they sell their alcohols for like, I think uh, Clooney was uh, sold his for, I think a billion dollars, billion dollars or some mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. We need to start a Sithless alcohol. Maybe, beverage. maybe it's just above us. Maybe it's just high society. Oh yeah, you're right. Maybe it's highbrow. You got to start some, uh, the Sithless uh, coffee beans that you eat raw out of the bag. Oh, oh there it is. And some fun dip. And some hazelnuts. Ooh. Hey, you know, oh real, real quick, something else that I've been yeah. watching that I, that I wanted to talk about. We, I don't know, with smart TVs and stuff, we have, um, we have an LG TV and, you know, do you get like a ton of just like kind of internet channels? They call it like TV plus. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a whole channel that is dedicated to playing nothing but old episodes of Showtime at the Apollo. We've been wow. watching it for the last couple of weeks and just like finding stuff from it's like late eighties, nineties, Sinbad is hosting. Oh, you know, before, rad. uh, yeah. And it's, it's been really weird to go back and see, like, to listen to like some of the comedy that was on, um, yeah. that would not fly today. Um, oh, but, um, trust. yeah, no, it, it's cool to see like old, like Wu-Tang Clan on there and, uh, yeah. EPMD. We saw a couple of oh, man. It's like tri- trip trip down memory lane for me. So yeah. Cool. It's great stuff. Yeah. It's great. Deaf comedy jam was awesome too. There was a whole, that was a whole scene oh. with uh showtime at the Apollo at that time was it aired much later than anything else mm-hmm. like, like you had to stay in the morning up, yeah you had to stay up for like the long hours of the night like literally almost demon time yeah yeah here in, here in chicago it came on after snl and then yeah, after after showtime at the apollo ended for a couple of years they had i don't know if you guys remember um the uptown comedy club uh-huh. it was like uh it was it was a stage like yes yeah, a sketch comedy show and i remember seeing tracy morgan on there and it gave me one of the best. They, they used to do like a Yo Mama, uh, like a throwdown. The one guy came out and he said, Yo Mama's lips are so big. And then he fumbled like a stick of deodorant. And it, it like it ruined, it ruined the joke for him because everybody was like, Oh, you fucked up. And then the guy came, the guy came up after him and he said, Well, your mama, her lips are so big. Chapstick had to make a spray and he just did like a. Psh- like to his uh, lips and i don't know why it was like one thirty in the morning but it cracked me up it was a dumb i was probably awesome. like 14 and it cracked me up so no the best one is from that show the guy goes your mother can't your mom's so fat she can't wear malcolm x jackets because oh. helicopters land on her back right oh <laughs> shit oh my god oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good man that that was yeah for me that was the, probably the best one i ever heard <laughs> All right, Kylo, give us some Star Wars news. It's time for Eric's Star Wars report. 
Well, guys, I'm sorry I couldn't be there in person. I'm at Star Wars Celebration, and I got to be honest, I really thought there's going to be more people here than this. <laughs> it looks like it's just me so far, but uh, at least I'll be first for whatever whatever panel it is. In all seriousness, uh, it does suck knowing that mm. this is when we would have all been hanging out. That right yeah, now, as we record, we would be we would be together, but. Oh, we'd be well. we'd be annoying each other after three two days. That's what we'd be doing. Two hours. No, two never. hours. <laughs> never, man. I don't have a ton of stuff right now because I didn't watch the our only real source of Star Wars news, and that's Castle Run transmissions. But <laughs> what I do know is that Kathleen Kennedy talked to the rap and shared a couple of things. Number one, they're saying they're gonna take a step back and take a look at what George Lucas created and decide what to do. Now, me personally, that doesn't sound like news. I feel like that's pretty clearly been the message. Right. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, I'm willing to entertain that, that idea, but I suspect that just the way it's worded, I don't know. It feels like it's just throw something at the wall to see what sticks. King Tom, when you saw this, what did you make of it? You're the wise one of this of this bunch. I didn't think of it as anything new. It 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 seemed to me more of like a this is what we've been doing for a while. Hmm. Uh, and if it if it was something out of a new interview, I think it was more just her restating the party line. She gave that interview. I want to say it was around this time last year. But it, it it's it's a little bit old where she said, you know, we're looking at the future of Star Wars, we're trying to figure out what to do next, and we're thinking of not doing any trilogies. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I do, yeah. And I, I really feel this was a lot along those lines. I think, and the same thing back then, they had a lot of ideas floating around. They were talking with a lot of people. I even think in this one that you're citing, Eric, she said she she wanted to hire the woman who was just given Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. To direct to she direct did say that. In Star Wars. Yeah. And so I think I think that's, you know, they they have ideas that they're working on and things that they are progressing, but this seems to me to be something that someone says when they're like we're working on things but I don't want to tell you so I'm going to say where we're approaching it from. Right. King Tom, she'd also said that they're having a great time getting together with the story group and filmmakers and mm-hmm. trying to figure it all out. Seems like they're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, fe- it did feel like kind of the same old thing. I actually went to make sure that this wasn't something old because it does sound like the standard issue response. Yeah. Uh, she did in this same interview, she did refer to the Obi-Wan series as a uh, limited series but i mean i feel like we all knew that already too but because we're so starved for star wars news like uh official star wars news everybody jumps on it but i i feel like we've known that for a solid while that this was going to be a one and done kind of thing but mm-hmm. at least i maybe it had never been official and we had just heard it so many times yeah took it i don't that way. i don't remember I don't know, maybe because I just don't remember, but I don't remember hearing that. I, I didn't know this was going to be just a one season thing at all. I knew, I know they couldn't, they can't just keep going and keep going. Obviously, they're going to hit storylines that they need to hit. But from the stuff that came out with Kessel Run Radio today, seems like they're going to throw everything at this. Now, Kessel Run Radio, 
said their source was 100% sure that there were some major characters coming. So if you don't want to be spoiled, then in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, forward. Okay, so they mentioned today that Hayden Christensen is coming back and he will be in flashback scenes. And they said that their source said there's 100% 100 that that's going to happen, which is huge. We've heard something like that before. Then they said that Commander Cody is also going to be in it and be in it a lot. I don't know if it's going to be flashback scenes or what. fucking awesome for me. That is awesome. So those are two big things. And it's going to be the hunt for Ben Kenobi. It's not going to be just Kenobi watching over Luke and just sitting there like a hermit. Vader is allegedly, the storyline is going to be Vader is going to send off bounty hunters to go after Kenobi one at a time or whatever it's going to be. So if it's going to be a limited series, it looks like they're going to put a lot into it. And if you're going to have those characters in it and those actors in it, at least Hayden back, that's a huge thing. I know we talked about this a little bit with Maria when she was on with the Sisters with Sabres. They heard it officially now through their source. So what's your guys' reaction with all this? You know, I'm, I'm one of those fans that I'm like, I'm good with whatever you give me. And then I'll just judge it afterwards. So, you know, we got that those reports from, I think it was like Latino Review about Hayden coming in a month yeah. or two ago, somewhere thereabouts. And, right. um, you know, everything at this point is kind of, it's all kind of hearsay and conjecture. And I, and I don't want to diminish anything that Corey and Nora are doing because I, I think they're doing a, a fine job. But, you know, it's one of those things that we won't know until we know. If, if Hayden mm-hmm. is in it in flashbacks, it only makes sense, you know, as far as uh, what role he plays in that. If it's, you know, I mean, it would be cool to see things that are more, you know, kind of Clone Wars era, kind of mm-hmm. brought to life on screen. Um, I, d- I don't know. That's the thing about this show is like, we know it, it has to kind of skirt a line. You know, it has to be Obi-Wan dealing with what's happened behind him and then where we're going to end up seeing him come episode four. And right. if he's dealing with some kind of trauma, some kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, PTSD, uh, you know, the bad memories of, of time missed with, um, with Anakin, um, to see those two actors in Clone Wars attire on screen live mm-hmm. action would be really cool. Um, I, I just really hope that, you know, we, there's no diminished emotional beats you know because of it because we had so many stories within clone wars animated mm-hmm. that it it doesn't be you know even though animation is a caricature of a real life kind of story i don't want the real life you know live action becoming a caricature of something that we a caricature of something that we saw in an animated in show animation yeah yeah a great point great point i think that with the kenobi show people are it's something that people are definitely looking forward to but it's had a lot of creative turmoil. They've had that they hired one writer last year, and I think there was someone else working on the show before him. And now Deborah Chow is in charge. And I wonder if this latest push—and don't get me wrong—having Anakin, uh, having the clones be involved, and maybe even the search for Obi Wan Kenobi—that that sounds like a great story idea. But I wonder if that's a more recent thing, where originally the show was all about Kenobi in the desert. And then eventually they've added all of this other stuff to to bring it to something that they want to put on Disney Plus. If if it if it's a great story, I have no problem with it. There are still places that I'm hoping that it's able to go, uh, like a you know spiritual Obi Wan reflecting on everything, maybe even encountering the ghost of Qui Gon. I, I want a good story, but I I want depth like that too. And 
Well, King Tom, that's why you're the king. That's exactly the scenario here. I believe they, this is the new storyline that they've come up with. And this is what is going to be pushed forward. This is not the concept that they had in the beginning as what I had heard. So right. you're absolutely, you hit it right on the nail there. Well, wasn't one of the creative changes that they didn't want it to be too close to the Mandalorian thematically, where it was, you know, an older person guarding a child. Right. Um, and Western yeah, so, feel and Tatooine in a desert. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I like this new idea. And if the things that King Tom is saying, if we get a vision of Qui-Gon somehow, some way. Again, if you're going to do a limited series, throw everything at it and let's do it right. And I think that's what they're thinking. I'm not surprised that they're going this route. I think that given the success of like the return of Clone Wars and that sort of thing, it helped them figure out the direction because Rick's right. We we had talked about this, that man, that sounds awfully familiar when you're thinking about an old man in the desert taking care of a, a ward. And with this, it gives you a lot of opportunity for action and all that. I want to see Hayden Christensen back in Star Wars one way or another, even if it's for 30 seconds. Because when he was at the 40th, when he was at the celebration panel and seeing people just lose their minds for him, that was really cool, man. And obviously that that like hit an emotional spot for people. So him being back is exceptionally rad for me the putting it where it's at i feel like it gives them a little more elbow room but i like king tom said i was hoping that there would be some almost like painful introspection on on obi-wan's part just to see that like tortured soul aspect of it because that's not something you ever get from the movies is seeing him where mm-hmm. he's just stuck in his own head having to deal with this. Like, imagine the weight of how the final episode of Clone Wars felt when right. you have Ahsoka burying all those clones and they, you know, doing all that stuff, how that felt. Imagine like what Obi-Wan must be feeling like and thinking to see a, some of that would be, I hope they, I hope they still include it. Do you think we're going to see a live action Commander Cody instead of seeing it animated like we have in a green screen and all of those those things were, you know, animation was CGI. Are we going to see Commander Cody in full gear? Oh, it's so yeah. What Araj is talking about, if you guys, some of the listeners might not know, there was never any clone armor. Right. Ever. It was all CGI. Yeah. Sorry, and sorry. which makes like what the, the guys in the 501st do with clone armor, it makes it even more astounding. That they're able to right, come up I with know. that stuff. But I think that they'll have it like right there in yeah. real life. Yeah. Me Just too. because oh. that's that's something they've really made a push for. And, you know, there's to go going as far as, for example, like with Baby Yoda. I know he's the child, but I'm gonna call him Baby Yoda until <laughs> he has a name. That's fine. When they had to use a CGI rendering in certain episodes, they kept it limitations for what the puppet could do Mm -hmm. and so obviously that means the realness is important and there's no reason for them to not have a a physical set of armor there because i'm hoping that we'll get some helmet off action oh yeah and i think for up close scrutiny that would be a lot harder to do than fully helmeted if it was all cgi oh yeah i i think if you're gonna have commander cody 
you have to have a realization by um, Obi-Wan. He's got to take off his helmet and see that it's Commander Cody. Because I, I don't think they'll be in clone armor anymore at that point. I don't think he's going to have the orange and he's going to have you know, the little you know, doodad at the top. And stuff well, if it's like flashbacks. That. Yeah, that's I what think, I was thinking. Is fun. I think he's going to be there. I think he's going to be part of the, the part of the Empire hunting him. Part of the Empire hunting them? Yeah. Oh, because that's Cody. that's my understanding. Is yeah, as a flashback, I don't know. It, it might be me being a fan of Commander Cody. I think it'd be kind of a waste. I mm. think uh, we could get both. Yeah, I'd yeah as as a flashback. But I think when when it was said that he's going to be in it, I was like, oh, he's going to be part of the like the emotional turmoil that he feels He's like, shit this motherfucker shot me where did we leave commander cody he shot him that's that's the last interaction he gives him his lightsaber you need you're gonna need this two seconds later gets a ringy dingy from uh, palpatine execute order 66 right. and he says shoot that motherfucker right Just up on the hill that. yeah yeah and that's the last time we saw him that's it mm-hmm. that's it I, so I, I, okay i don't i don't know so, any clone Wars stuff past that but yeah but that's the last thing i knew yeah yeah that's true because so, the last episode of the clone wars and it hit it got to that point yeah Okay. So what if the next ahead, time Rick. they come together, it's like Obi-Wan comes out from like behind a bunch of trailers, like uh, the detector from Dexter, and he's a surprise motherfucker, and he just exactly. runs him through yeah, with his that's, lightsaber. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah very possible. <laughs> that's what's going to be great about this, is we're going to be able to see, hopefully, Cody live action without his helmet mm-hmm. and his gear, and then maybe see him in flashbacks. Yeah. And it would be a wasted opportunity in both ways, I think. We don't see Commander Cody in its full gear in live action, I think that would be a waste of opportunity as well. Does this mean that we're getting Hayden as Vader also? Is he going to be in the suit? Or are we just expecting more to see him flashback well, Anakin? Fla- well, flash- interesting. Anakin, whatever his name. If, if their source is correct and Vader sends off these bounty hunters, we might get a Vader scene with Hayden in it and then flashbacks of him being Anakin. So it's very possible we get both. It's another thing would be kind of a wasted opportunity. Not that we would know either way, but it'd be cool for him to be in that suit again. You know what the show needs is uh, a little bit of Cassian Andor. I agree. What I show agree. doesn't need that? That's right. I agree, Rick. I agree. I know. I'm can't wait for that shit. I can't wait for that either. So Just Star Wars fans that are freaking out, there's not going to be any movies. We're getting like 10 movies. So chill and relax. It's just on Disney+. Plus. You just got to pay monthly for your movies. Now. That's right. <laughs> By the way, Tenet came out, King Tom. I thought you'd be... Uh... Fuck Tenet. There you go. <laughs> are you really not going to see it, King Tom? Of course I'm not going to see it. He's got a vendetta against him. <laughs> so the, the, in some toy news, there's been some really cool oh, stuff yeah. coming out, if that's your thing. Uh, Cad Bane, finally. But the big news, honestly, is that Hot Toys, the company that makes incredibly detailed 1-6 scale figures, that the very first time I saw one, it you know, an ad for it, I thought, why did they use the shot from the movie as yeah. a product because seriously that's what i thought they did because that's how good it looked they announced an ahsoka it looks amazing and i'm gonna tell you the face it's not a cartoon so it's not it's not this hard angular face of the clone wars animation and it's Ah. not the more oval shaped face of rebels what i encourage people to do is just go look at it and wow. tell me who you think it looks like. Oh, and really? I, I think that that speaks volumes for oh, shit. I'm looking at what. Right what were they given to make this thing? Well, that's interesting because the guys from Kessel Run Radio have some news about that specific question. So if you're into that, go check that out. 
But I'm going to check this out right now while we're on air. There's not a Hot Toys Rafa. God damn it. You, you have don't have a, a blow up one? He has a one-to-one scale one at home <laughs> that Man, walks Rick's and been talks. Serving. Rick has been just floating just gems out there. Yeah, he has. Just... I, I love it. <laughs> that is uh, my my old co-star there here. Rosario Dawson? Rosario Dawson. That is 100% her. It, Ooh, look at this. It looks quite a bit like her, yes. You're right. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. If that's how she's going to look, then sold. Thanks for playing. Just you can now, get one of those yeah. for 250 bucks also. I should just. Yeah, they're out. so expensive, but they are so beautiful. I know our, our friend, our dear friend, Haas Burkhardt, he collects them. And during Celebration Orlando, we went on a hunt looking for a bunch of them. Or when he came down here, we went to a place and looked for some. They are freaking just beautiful. So we talked about how Celebration would be this week, and it sucks that we're not there. Just keep on reiterating. No, no, but because I, I have a question. Debbie Downer over no, here. No, no, no. I have a question. It is, it is kind of a downer because we're going to talk about DC's fandom in a second. But why couldn't Lucasfilm do what DC did? I never thought I would ever say those words because DC has been so down and out for such a while. Sorry, Wim. <laughs> they did a hell of a job, and we'll get into that. Why couldn't Lucasfilm do the same and talk about the stuff that we talked about with Kenobi, with Cassian, with Mando 2, have it in a virtual panel? Yeah. Did you see any of the fandom? No. It wasn't just like a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. They put you in the middle of this amazing CGI dome. It was really done well. Why couldn't Lucasfilm do that for they, us? They don't have anything. They don't have, oh, anything, they don't have anything to give us. Well, yeah. they had Mandalorian. Yeah, no, but I think they've ever since The Rise of Skywalker came out, they have just been stumbling over their own feet huh. this entire time. COVID has made it extraordinarily worse. I think that they have just been fumbling just the ball this entire time. With like, what are you talking about? Like, with, with everything, with, with content, with keeping themselves relevant, keeping themselves, I guess, in the positive light as mm. far as fans, things like that. I think just ever since the was the Red Skywalker came out, they've just been going, just wait, it he- might be heading straight remind down. Remind me again, downhill. Mando came out before or after Rise, before, before came out. Oh, came out before. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just think that they've, oh, you're right, you're right. they've just they've just been dropping the ball. I So since Rise, they haven't I, done a damn thing. Yeah, I, I think it's a mix of complacency, just not being ready, not being prepared, and kind of just panic. I think they're worried. I think that on the movie side, they're worried mm-hmm. a little bit. And they they want to get it right. I don't think they have anything where they're like, this is a surefire winner. I don't think they no, have that. They, they don't, don't have that confidence anymore. No. They're kind of. They're kind of like, oh, shit, what do we do? Which which one do we do? Mm-hmm. What do we do? Well, because this next wave is going to be the most important wave in the history of Lucasfilm. Yeah. Most likely. But I think one of the I'll- reasons why Star Wars didn't do anything this year, if I could jump in, is because I don't think they yes, have please. reveals this year. Star Wars has built itself over the last couple of years, especially uh-huh. with the celebrations and stuff, revealing things, getting fans excited for the new thing instead of just Mandalorian season two is coming. Like you kind of already know the basics of it. They don't want to you know, just run the conveyor belt. They want to surprise you with the something new. And I think they were already kind of building this way anyway, by saying things like with the the Kathleen Kennedy interview, King Tom, that what you were saying, it it sounded familiar. I think she did an interview with Rolling Stone like a year and a half ago, where she said almost the exact same thing word for word Mm -hmm. and about them taking a step back and reassessing and all of that. And they've relegated themselves to the book space, you know, to print media. Yeah. And I mean, we just had, as we're recording, we just had a new book come out yesterday, the Clone Wars book. 
And there's, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, and, you know, as we're recording again, in a couple of days, we'll have the Thrawn book. Mm-hmm. They're treading familiar ground, but they haven't been able to break new ground just yet. And until I think they feel comfortable giving some kind of a movie announcement or something concrete and tangible about any of the TV shows that they're doing, they're going to, they, they were just going to pull back from Jump Street because that's, I think that's what you're saying, Les, is that they didn't have it to, to, to promote in the first place. And if they don't have anything on film or something that they can, you know, yeah. literally show off, they're just not going to do it at all. And we all as Star Wars fans, like, well, some of us watched fan, Fandom last weekend and saw what mm-hmm. DC did as pre-recorded segments, this huge virtual space, you know, getting the actors together, getting these trailers together and hyping stuff that, you know, the DC has had a very mixed bag when it comes to the movie reception, yeah, especially, they have, yeah. but they did a phenomenal job putting this phenomenal. thing together. So who's to say that we don't get something like this in the spring, you know, oh, where they okay. said, well, shit, if DC can do it, why don't we just, we you know, get it. our... Yeah, we, let, let's get our heads together. We can, come on, we got a fucking volume we can film this thing and we, you know, we can get two people <laughs> in there exactly and, right. and, and screens, you know, and just, and just do it that way. Right. You're right. Because the fandom looked like a volume is pretty much, you were in a volume is how right. it looked. No, you're right. Maybe they're holding off. I, I was just thinking that, that with all this news that they're not really debunking, like the Donald Glover thing, Cassian news, we got news from Mandalorian. They have a trailer for Mandalorian evidently and they haven't put it out. If they had this information, it would have been really cool to put out now. But if they don't have stuff to give us, you're right. Maybe they're waiting for the spring to give us that experience. And I hope Disney, Lucasfilm, please do that. That would be unreal. Maybe next year, this time next year. I don't know. Um, that would be super cool. But Boo, I think you're you're right on so many points. But I have to ask, what were they planning on giving us for celebration? What? I, oh yeah, you're right. I don't it, think much. No, but that's that's my but, thing. Is I what don't. What if there wasn't COVID? They would have had to. They sold tickets for. What were the hell we're gonna? Were no, we gonna but do? that's no, but that was my thing. Is that I don't think they would have had much because when I went to D23, they had it was mainly a Marvel reveal. At least far as as TV shows, Star Wars didn't really have that much. They well, had zero. Well, they had the rise. They had a rise. No, 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 no. But I'm sorry. I, but but I, I past that, that's what I'm saying. Oh, past, past that, they yeah. there was zero Cassian news. They they brought on a couple of characters. Said, yeah, this guy's coming. In. Great. Anything concrete? Anything like that? Yeah, we're working on some scripts. That's nice. Yeah. But people need to see things. It needs to be tangible. You need scene shots. You need stuff like so that. So what, what were we gonna get? Not much. A panel and maybe. No, I I don't think we were gonna get. I think we we're gonna get a Mando two trailer. Yeah. And that was gonna be the only. That, was maybe a, some, that would be the big one. That would be the big one. And some, there might be some behind the scenes stuff for the other shows, but no trailers, nothing really too big. It would be kind of. You got to think that there wasn't a pandemic. They would have filmed things. They would have had some. Exactly. I was just, stuff. I was just going to say that we would, we would have had, hot. we would have had four or five months of some kind of footage yeah. or at least concept right. art BTS, that though. they could, concept that they could, art, you know, yeah. put up on yeah. stage. So, and there was, but they could, they could have put some little small teaser together had oh, they been yeah. able to film. Oh, yeah. Or like a BTS that, so. reel. Yeah, some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, but I, I don't the, think it would have been, I don't know. It kind of would have felt, well, like Rick said, kind of lacking without a, a big movie reveal. Mm. There was speculation that some of the announcements we got earlier this year, the Leslie Headland Hedlin show, the um, Taika movie, the Bad Batch, that we would have gotten those at Celebration, but they put those out earlier because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And mm. Lucasfilm... They like to keep official announcements very close to the vest. Right. All we got out of those shows was a one or two sentence thing with the t- the two creatives, maybe a little bit more out of the bad batch. But 
they're really we don't know what more they would have given us at a celebration if they were to do something virtual in place of a celebration. I don't know that they would have gotten more other than, you know, maybe video Taika Waititi going, hey, I'm doing a Star Wars movie. I can't tell you about it, but it's coming out. Can't tell you when. So maybe, first of all, there wasn't that content there. The other thing is, before Fandom, the really only other online fan experience was Comic-Con at Home this year. And I watched one of those panels. It wasn't that great. Was, no, it wasn't it, good it at was, all. Like, like you said, it was. It was just people on a Zoom. And I yeah. think they probably at the time saw, well, this is what an online experience mm. would be like. We can skip that. So it's a com- it's a combination of the two in my mind. Hmm. Yeah, good point. And hopefully they do what Rick is saying, because that would be great if they have stuff to let us know, <laughs> let us see and let us know what that stuff be, is. It would be great to, to see concept art, but I really don't think Lucasfilm under Disney shares concept art beforehand I'm trying to, well just trying rogue to, one they did yeah, just this, rogue one rogue one they did this like weird not weird it was actually really cool that whole little teaser that they did through the forest but even that was celebration only that was celebration mm-hmm. only yeah, yeah yeah but you know i'm thinking like back to the days of the prequels you would see concept art mm-hmm. uh, from official channels but we really haven't seen much of that under disney true in lieu of celebration, there is a fan-run virtual convention that's happening this weekend called Force Fest, and um, there, yes. it's a lot of it's a lot of podcasters. Are you know I've gotten together. I don't know all of the like uh, quote unquote charter members. I know uh, like Chatter Squadron and uh, Scott Walking Through Neverland were were two mm-hmm. of the many that put it together. And it, being friends with with Tyler from Chatter Squadron, he you know we've been kind of talking behind the scenes about doing some things and. Myself and him and uh, our dear friend and soul sister Marie were hosting a, a show. As this episode comes out, it should be out already um, about mental health in Star Wars and how Star Wars has kind of helped us cope with uh, some, some mental illness things and just men- mental wellness. But there's a whole slew of panels from collecting to the future of Star Wars to music to you know breakdowns, analyses, whatever it is. Lucasfilm gave their blessing to put this con together no way that's great right so from but from what i understand they are not doing anything in an official capacity their blessing Mm -hmm. has just been there's limitations on what what could be said yes you can do this but (laughs) you know you can't you can't say like it's definitely not a celebration you cannot say celebration in any of the you know promotional material that you're doing but you know it can be you know just this fan run thing so there's going to be a ton of panels over the course of this weekend as this releases and it's all on get vocal which is just it's a g-e-t-v-o-k-l so if you want to see any archive stuff and i'm sure a lot of the podcasts that are hosting uh panels and things like that will probably just load them on their normal feeds anyway so we'll be able to hear audio and stuff so but it's going to be a great time and a lot of stuff is happening. So so we'll put that information on the show notes as well. So you can click on that and check that out. That's amazing. That's really cool. So if you're yep. missing celebration, there you go. That's fantastic. I think it's time for a little Naboo. Cake Boss Ralph, hit it. I got to tell you, this game isn't fun. I say that not with love, but with brutal honesty. <laughs> All right, here we go, Boo. Rick, you're going to play Naboo. I'm scared. You're so fortunate. Yeah, I'm so you scared. are the lucky one. You're so lucky. And Steele sent a tweet out saying that he missed it, but he understands why we don't want it anymore. He missed the pain. He missed the pain. He missed the pain. So, Boo, go ahead. <laughs> 
All right. I think we all know how to play this game. I, well, I hope so. Again, do you know how to play yeah, it? That's, <laughs> my game, goddammit. Very, I know qu- play very it. questionable. Play whatever way I want. I'm Alex Trebek. Okay. I'm in control. I'm Thanks, Pat. Johnny. I'm Pat Sajak. Okay. So, statement number one Revenge of the Sith was the only Star Wars movie not to pick up a nomination for Best Visual Effects at the Oscars. Mm. R2D2's signature whistles are actually baby sounds manipulated to sound electronic. Huh. Statement number three, a remix version of the original Star Wars theme was number one on the Billboard pop chart in October 1977. Okay. Well, I know one is completely true. No, I mean, I'm not saying one. I saw one out of the three. I'm for sure. Why are you confusing people in the game? Well, it's not like that's hard to do. (laughs) Go ahead, Rick. Which one is false? Which one is Naboo? All right. Well, if it's coming to me first, I'm pretty sure Miko's Star Wars theme went number one. Uh, back in the day, Disco Star Wars. Yeah, um, I'm not sure about the uh, Revenge of the Sith one, but I'm pretty sure that R2D2 was Ben Burt uh, manipulating whistle sounds on his own. So I'm gonna mm. go with uh, the R2D2 one. Okay, that's your final answer. Yeah, King Tom, what do you think? I think number one is correct. I However, agree. I have issues. Here we go. My typical issues <laughs> with two a, and bro. with three. With which one? <laughs> two, two and three. three. Oh, two and three. Oh, okay. man. R2-D2 was baby sounds manipulated by Ben Burt, but the baby sounds were made by Ben Burt himself that he manipulated. So <laughs> are we counting those as baby sounds? That's my question about Are you number saying two. that, okay, so Boo, you're saying that there wasn't uh, actually anything. No, you motherfuckers <laughs> have to decipher uh, this. I ain't giving you shit. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the fucking Why does this happen every time we do this game? Okay. And it's people that are listening. It's not, we're not doing it on purpose. We are really doing it on purpose. I'm doing it on purpose. Absolutely. (sighs) I want to see those hamster wheels turn. Eric, what do you think? No, there's something about number three. Also, Boo said that it it was at the top of the charts in October of 77. Oh, here we go. The Star Wars remix was at the top of the chart. My birth week. I was born in September 77. I swear to God, boo, if that's it. That if you fucking just change the months that's, up and the year. You guys to decipher. <laughs> such Tom a just, bullshit. King Tom just <laughs> Dr. Strange you with the music trivia right there. Yeah, he did Dr. Strange you. Yeah. A Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. and just said, no, uh, uh, yeah, he used the time stone and went back. He's like, wait a minute. Let, let me double check on this. Yeah, no, you're uh, yeah. Struthers. What do you boo, think? I've come the bargain. I don't I've know, man. I, <laughs> We're gonna do this all fucking day. <laughs> I'm yeah, because I feel like it's some weird legal loophole, just as King Tom has laid yeah, out. I there, agree. I agree that I can't remember because I know that that song was on that it charted for a little bit. So possibly he didn't. He said it was at the top of the chart in October. Not that oh, it. Oh, I see. What moved to the top two. in oh. October. Gotcha, so gotcha. I just, dude, this whole thing, this whole game is a scam and uh, it's just not fun. What did Rick say in the first place? I totally forgot. Rick, what, what are you he saying? He said the R2-D2 one. R2-D2, okay. And that's where I'm leaning toward too, because I suspect it's going to be, ha ha, it's <laughs> the baby noises weren't a baby. Okay, boo. <laughs> Which is, everybody has their final answers. Do you have your final answer? <laughs> I do. I do. It's actually statement number one. 
What? Re- Revenge of the Sith is not the only Star Wars movie to not get it. Rogue One did not get a nomination either. And every other one did. Every other Star Wars movie has gotten a best visual effects oh, nomination. Oh, see, that one was a little better, King Tom. Suck it, motherfuckers. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Suck it. Uh, you having fun now? I am. So yeah. so Ben Burt, so Ben Burt went into the world between worlds and recorded himself as a baby <laughs> and then came back to present day 1977 and then manipulated that for R2D2. Got it. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. the funny enough, I did not know that it, I I knew it was Ben Burt. But I did not know it was him making the baby sounds on his own. <laughs> I thought it was an actual baby. So that I did learn something so, from that. So you Rick, know? you kind of got it right as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. job. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll take usually, it usually yeah. this happens where there's multiple questions that are right. Well, last time we did this, every question was true. Remember? Yes. <sighs> there you go, Steel. You happy? <laughs> you yeah. happy? Happy? You happy? Or you missed that? Yeah. The whole segment. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome uh, back to the pain train. Yeah. Right. Could we fuck Mary Kill those three answers real quick? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Eric. And boo, fuck off with this bullshit that you yeah, just read us. But thank you for the Star Wars stuff, Eric. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. Pop culture reboots and remakes, real quick. By the way, my one of my favorite shows, West Wing, is reuniting for a couple episodes. I think three episodes. They get to sit down and do a table read with every single original cast member. So they're trying to get everybody to go out there and vote. And they're doing a special table read. And it's called a West Wing special to benefit when we all vote. There's three episodes that are based on exactly that of voter suppression and getting the word out to vote. And so I can't wait. Bartlett's coming back to be president. Rob Lowe is going to be in it. Bradley Woodford, Richard Schiff. Everybody's coming back. Uh, Allison Janney. It's going to be great. There's probably like seven West Wing fans that listen to this podcast. But just want to throw that out there. It's still on my Netflix uh list to watch it's fantastic it's i'm so, telling you i try to have lorena watch it she's watched two episodes and goes i don't like shows about politics <laughs> i'm like well you're not gonna like this one <laughs> so we stop yeah. watching it and we're watching parks and rec by the way parks and rec i'm on season three episode like 11 just keeps getting better and better absolutely love it excellent good yeah, to absolutely hear absolutely love it hey, eric how's the community watch going you That's know what nice. man i love that show and i'm also gonna tell you this i like season four quite a bit Okay. And here's the deal. And I figured out why it is that people, because, you know, I had been warned by several people, you're not going to like this. When you just binge the show and you Mm -hmm. make it through the first three seasons, you know, in in a span of a short amount of time, and then you get to season four where like the ridiculousness ratchets up, you realize the show is actually pretty ridiculous the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so seriously, so when you see it all crammed together, it's not that shocking. But I could see where if I was watching it, you, you know, every week when it actually aired and then that fourth season came along, I might have been like, huh. <laughs> but no, it's so many of the in jokes about it are things I assumed were going to happen during season two. I dig it. Love Good. it. Good. That's the, that's the next one I'm going to watch after Parks and Rec. And having Rob Lowe and Adam Scott come in on season three i think it is the start of season three or season, season two, two. I don't season two best thing they could have done yeah best thing oh they yeah dude. Done. oh, oh yeah. game game changer for that show adam so scott's fantastic fantastic uh, another reboot planes trains and automobiles now this unnecessary. is unnecessary okay ex- yes i Hold agree on. but give them a second because I, I i read ahead i of was it. gonna ask you boo because you're a big fan of this Love this is movie. a tradition in the arguello household on thanksgiving yep. to watch this movie and I, this is one tradition that I very much enjoy to watch this with them. It's it's a great film. Yes. 
John Hughes, classic. John Candy, Steve Martin, amazing. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to get Will Smith and Kevin Hart rebooting this thing. I think it's unnecessary. Boo, go ahead. So I, I would have no, to. No, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I would have to agree with Eric. Unnecessary. But I don't know. Having the combination of Will Smith and Kevin Hart, it's kind of, I, I kind of dig it. I kind of dig it. Okay. I hope it's rated R. I just hope it's radar because there's some some key scenes in plane trains and automobiles that are just spot on perfect. But uh because of the rated Rness. <laughs> the fight the part my favorite part is Steve Martin telling uh the the, the <laughs> person he's trying to buy the ticket. Oh no, no, he's, he's trying to get his his uh his car. He's like <clears throat> Yeah. Well I'll see you tomorrow then. Gobble gobble. <laughs> oh, bye bye. <laughs> Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked. That's such oh, a classic. So good, yeah. Such a good movie. So, I kind of dig it. Those I, aren't pillows. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting. Is this the first John Hughes movie that'll be remade? Good question. Uh... Because these are these yeah. are essentially American classics, right? In my eyes, if if you know, because you know, comedy movies are kind of seen as a uh, to a lesser degree, but these are American classics. So I don't know. So yeah. So that's it, as far as I think that's my biggest question is how are they going to? Because John Hughes movies are just so endearing, mm -hmm. and they have such a it might they they are hilarious, but they have such a message mm -hmm. to them in the end or throughout the film that is that you carry the rest of your life. So I, I, I think that's, it's part of John Hughes's legacy is yeah, it's a funny movie, but it's got some real shit to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. This one does. Yes. That's interesting. This might be the first John Hughes remake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's unnecessary. Hopefully it's good. I don't think it's going to be, but Hey, they're remaking everything. So fuck. We have a whole section called reboots and remakes. We'll if, see if they touch a, a uncle buck. I'm going to go fucking mad. Postal. Well, they've been talking about Home Alone reboot. That's fine. Ugh. Uh, what's it? I have another reboot. Who remembers the Powerpuff Girls? Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember yeah. the Powerpuff Girls. So the CW is making a show where the Powerpuff Girls are 20-somethings, and they're resentful for losing out on their childhood by being superheroes. So they're kind of just angry really? at the world, and something <laughs> bad happens where they might have to come back together and save the world one more time. Interesting. Yeah, so it's going to be a live action. Huh. I, I kind of found that interesting. I, no, no. No. 
And then, and then, did we talk about the Will Smith? No, I was going to ask you that right now. Yeah, so, that's being with Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince is actually having a a possible. That's that's still in the works. Will Smith is kind of going behind it, where it's a a darker and more realistic take on the story of yeah. Uh, Fresh there's, Prince. There's a trailer. Like there's a teaser that Very came good. out a couple. I think last year it came out. It's kind of like a like a like a fanfic. It's a fanfic. Yeah. But it was done so well that they're going to pick up on that story. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air in modern times. In modern times, in a very dramatic style. Yes. See, for some reason, you think this is a game. This is not a game, Will. Look at you. Look at you. The only reason why you're not in jail is because Uncle Phil called in a favor. carrying a gun on the streets to protect yourself I've done my best will but it's time for a change you're going to Bel Air to live with your uncle and your auntie Bel Air out of all places this is a second chance will don't waste it will I will not bail you out again in this house I'm not Uncle Phil I'm the law. Have I made myself absolutely clear? Yeah. Yeah. There are no butlers to clean up your messes. You've got to be responsible for yourself. So, Will, what brings you to Bel Air? I caught with a gun. How are we related again? Shut up, Carlton. He's from the streets of Philadelphia. Will needs discipline. Just a little time. Just a little time and a little love. We are what he needs. Why don't you go back to Philly? Born and raised, right? You think I would ever want to be in this life? You're not welcome, Will. This is fake. Wherever you're from, this is fake. You didn't do anything to earn this. I never had nothing. My life ain't a sitcom, I guess. I don't even feel like I belong here. Just give it some time. Everything happens for a reason. Yo, you must be from Philly. Yeah. What's up, man? I'm Will. Jazz. Jazz. It looks very cool. I can do it. Can it looked it looked pretty cool. It I'm not very, gonna lie, it yeah. looked pretty cool. They touched on issues mm-hmm. of the time yep, in definitely. the original, but it was through the lens of comedy. Mm-hmm. So Will would always be goofy or whatever, but right. I could see it being a much more serious tone. And I, I'm okay with that. You may just have to call right. it Fresh mm-hmm. Prince though, not just Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think it's just called Bel Air. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just called Bel Air, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just called Bel Air. Uncle Phil ain't gonna take no shit. Uncle either. Phil is very pissed off in this yeah. trailer. Uncle ain't taking yeah. no yeah, shit. He's, he's not, dropping the he's fucking. Yeah, he's dropping the gavel hard. He's yeah, not happy. Now, comic book TV movie news. Now, there's a lot, but before we talk about DC, let's talk about Sony for a second and Marvel because it looks like Olivia Wilde is tapped to direct a female-centric Marvel story for Sony that revolves around Spider Woman. Sony Pictures not only growing in the slate of its universe of Marvel characters, but it's building on the female characters at the center of it. And it looks to have landed one of the most sought after female directors in Hollywood. Sources, this is from Deadline, by the way, tell Deadline that Olivia Wilde has closed a deal to direct and develop a secret Marvel film project revolving around a female character in the universe. While not confirmed, everyone is expecting it to be Spider-Woman. King Tom, Les, 
give us a lowdown on Spider-Woman. How important is Spider-Woman in the whole Marvel universe? And is this a good idea for Sony to be throwing out there in the Spider-Verse? Uh, I will say we need it. I will say that uh, if they are going to expand and add characters, uh, Spider-Woman should have been one of the first ones to find a way to get onto the screen. So I don't hate the idea. I mean, I just want to know if we'll get her in the MCU also. Will they have work, work out a deal to oh, I see. those characters? Because she does play a pretty big role. And then again, like I said, you still want either her or Spider-Gwen or you know, mm. some, you know, or Silk or someone like that to come in and be a female, which is ironic, right? Because Spider-Woman is does not have spider powers. Right. So it's not like she's got webs and all that stuff. She's just the whole, it's just her deal. Like, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, okay. She's not. Yeah, go ahead, King Tom. King Tom, yeah. yeah. Let, give us a lowdown on Spider-Woman. Well, Spider-Woman as a character started in the late 70s and they did, they like Les said, they tried to make her as separate from Spider-Man as they could. They set her out in San Francisco instead of New York, and she was a secret agent. I think she worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. or a Hydra pretending to be S.H.I.E.L.D., and she, you know, she can crawl crawl up walls. She's super strong. She has, uh, is it Venom Blasts or Psychic Blasts? Some psychic or psycho or some type of Techno, some type of blast, yeah. Right, and she had they had a cartoon in the late 70s that's on Disney+. Plus. It's pretty good. I watch it every now and then. Mm. Um, and the character during the 80s, she lost her book, and then they came back with a, a second Spider-Woman, another psychic-type power. Um, but Spider-Woman is kind of it back in fashion in Marvel because the original is back in her, in her own book. And like Les said, I, th- I think it's it's a great idea. She doesn't get as much attention, obviously, as Spider Gwen um, or any of the others. They had they had a pretty groundbreaking run with her a few years ago because she, uh, the character was pregnant, and they launched a book with her. Oh wow! Pregnant. Um, so they've she's been around for a while. Marvel has done a lot for her. I I'm looking forward to this. This is probably the first. Uh, Sony associated Spider-Man movie that or associated with Spider-Man that I'm looking forward to. Mm, okay. You're not, and a, I used you're, to, you're, not into, you're not really looking forward to Morbius. Can't say I am. Mm, okay. I used to mix up the names of her cause her is Jessica drew, right? Jessica drew and Julia Carpenter was the other one. But when the Jessica Jones show came oh, out, I'm yeah. like, Oh hell yeah. Spider. And I'm like, yeah, Oh no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Yeah, so I always mix that up uh, as a, when I was younger. So interesting, uh, she's a, comes from the same place as Venom does, San Francisco. Not really. They if you if you take the Venom movie, what they did is he got booted from New York. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. got it. In in San Francisco to try to rebuild himself back. Okay, so, got it, got it. But it, yeah, because if you go by the books, there she's on the West Coast. She was a West Coast Avenger, right, King Tom? Wasn't she? The so is, so is second Spider Woman, <laughs> the second Spider Woman, <laughs> Julia Carpenter was. She's just a West Coast writer. There's a difference. <laughs> I'm sorry. Check that book out. It's pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, I'm glad we talked to Spider Woman and Olivia Wilde. She, I watched film of hers called Booksmart. I think it's called. If I'm not mistaken. I saw it in the theaters, independent film, and it was 
really funny. It was really good. Female-centric cast, and it was really good. Just hope we get at some point, a crossover or something. Get, yeah, just get to be able to use them. I mean, they, they've been able to make it work, and you know, like the media likes to play out the negotiations whenever things get a little testy. But, you know, I would really like them to find a way to get her to cross over. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. The whim, this was your week to stand up on that pedestal and say, fuck everyone else. DC rules this week and this month. It's a pretty big pedestal. DC, I will tell you, you did a great job. Fantastic job with Fandom. Fantastic jobs with everything that you're doing, it looks like, in the near future, from video games to film. Rick, you were mentioning that you saw a majority of Fandom, or did you see certain things, or how did it go with, with you and Fandom? Um, we kind of we had the the Hall of Heroes on most of the day uh, when we weren't out, but I was only really paying attention to maybe uh, three or four of the panels that they had throughout the course yeah, of the day. Me I mean, too. It, it kicked off with Wonder Woman, which was pretty cool, and then uh, surprise, yeah. Linda Carter came out and she looked fantastic. Yeah, she looks great. Yeah, she looks great. She's really cool, and she's very active right now in, in on Twitter and promoting Wonder Woman and strong women and strong females. She's great. Let's talk about something we didn't get a chance to talk about because it broke after we recorded that Ben Affleck is coming back. Not only Michael Keaton's coming back, but a Ben Affleck's coming back to reprise his role as Batfleck. So this is pretty interesting because this could be, Flashpoint could be a game changer. And they've been officially announced that it is going to be Flashpoint. I know, Les, you were wondering if that's what they're going to do. That's exactly what they're going to do. This could change a lot of things for DC and it could make everything else just work, if that makes sense. The Joker film, the Batman film that Matt Reeves is doing that we'll talk about in a second, all the Suicide Squad stuff, Birds of Prey, Aquaman. This can make everything work out for DC. Rick, what do you think about Batflick coming on board and reprising his role with Michael Keaton? If I got to be honest, I'm probably in the minority. I could really care less about Ben Affleck being in his movies he's he's one of those actors and and this is a problem that i have for myself that when an actor gains a certain level of notoriety i cannot help but just see the actor and not the character oh yeah Um, right right like like de niro like pacino yeah leonardo dicaprio is one of those i just sorry sorry johnny but you know it's it's just one of those (laughs) things that when i see them i i don't see the character anymore and i wasn't super thrilled with what i saw for him in was it uh Justice League and, and BBS. Anyway, right. when uh, when the Brez put the story out last week, to me, it was kind of like, you buried the lead, man. Michael Keaton's coming back. And I mean, we kind of already knew anyway that those yeah, negotiations yeah, yeah, yeah. were already happening. Right. But for me, yeah. that that would that's what was more exciting. Yeah, and that's more exciting for me too. Absolutely. I was also wondering though, like if the reveal of the Flash movie being Flashpoint was contingent on whatever they're going to do with the HBO Max Snyder Cut. If uh-huh. that was something that he wanted to have more present in the movie, because in his panel, he talked about the flash being more of a quote unquote quantum hero that that was something that they wanted to have established in his cut to then put that in the flash movie. And it's one of the reasons why the flash kept on getting pushed farther and farther back. Right. And this leaves it open. They say that Robert Pattinson is not going to be in this thing, but you never know. You never know if he just shows up or they actually talk about him at least. So that that's definitely a possibility as well. I think that what'll happen is if this is the flashpoint, as some of us know it, I think uh, Batfleck and Keaton are gone after this. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I have a feeling too, that this is it. 
Because then you still have to raise the question, do they go, do they dare ask Christian Bale to come back? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I, mean, that, I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. Frolic around as the bat guy, too, you know? I'm just saying, like, well, could you imagine? you go like, for it, you we, might as well. Well, yeah, we, we already it. know that Batflick and Keaton's going to be in it. Can you imagine as a surprise that Christian Bale shows up for a second? Oh, like, that's what I'm saying. The opportunities and the possibilities are endless with this Flashpoint. They can do whatever the hell they want. I'd be really pissed if they got rid of the bat nips. Uh, hey, oh, who they knows? Bring Clooney? Do they drag Clooney Maybe back? they, they <laughs> drag Clooney's yeah. nips out. That would be amazing. His little nipples <laughs> on that little suit. I mean, if you, you really want to do, do a bat, a bat point or, whatever the fuck or, or a bat Flashpoint. <laughs> That's the thing that I fear is that this is, you know, Flashpoint is all around a yeah this could be their i guess reset Mm -hmm. but you know their uh this could be their event but they have to play it correctly just like dc has had to play a lot of things correctly Mm -hmm. where they this could be their their big reset i i think there's a few of them i think you keep Clooney out i think you keep val kilmer out michael keaton coming back is is pretty good it's pretty good Michael Keaton uh, come back is amazing, especially for our generation. It's yeah. amazing. He yeah. is the Batman. Yes. I, I think, I, I don't know why, uh, if Christian Bale wanted to come back, because I know I know that he regretted not doing yeah, it. Yeah, he did. That would be very cool. But if he wasn't in there, that wouldn't hurt too much. Hmm. That wouldn't hurt too much. Having the... I think Bale's Batman is okay, because Nolan's Bat universe is completely, if you think about it, it's mm-hmm. completely void of the super powered like it just yeah. doesn't give it off whatsoever right and the flash and all the like those super powered beings mm-hmm. that's true that's mm-hmm. true that has nothing to would do have, with anything yeah. would have right. tipped the whole thing you know yeah it would have just true. messed that whole thing up so i mean i think he's safe and then i think the way they do it if i'm not mistaken they they number their earths like one through like mm-hmm. 50 or something like that mm-hmm. so pattinson's batman if i'm not mistaken he's on earth too they can do this whole Flashpoint thing and just take care of the Justice League, the Snyderverse, and use it to take care of the Snyderverse and then have offshoots and do all kinds. Of, I mean, they can do a lot of stuff if they really wanted to connect things. They really could, too. But, I mean, having both of them come back, I mean, I really don't care about Affleck's Batman coming back, but Keaton's pretty cool. And I'd like to see what they do with him because he could easily be the older Bruce Wayne that mm-hmm. is there for Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. And that's Terry McGinnis, Batman, the animated. Right. And I'm not like a, I'm not a, a huge proponent of the Batfleck. Like, it's not like he did such an amazing job. I just like the fact that they're pulling couple different Batmans in different universes, mm-hmm. which opens it up for everything and every character, which is great. I, I want the Super Friends to be in this goddamn thing. And I want the Wonder Twins to fucking show up. That's what I want. Justice League is the Super Friends. I know. But I just want Wonder Twins, dude. They're not in the Justice League. That's what you want. You want the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins are in the fucking Super Friends. Hated the Wonder Twins. Don't don't try to trump me, dude. I'm not. I hated the Wonder Twins. It's the world's greatest Super Friends. Batman and Robin. Superman. Wonder Woman and Aquaman. The Wonder Twins. Banded together to protect the universe from the forces of evil. Absolutely. <laughs> I could really care less about the Wonder Twins. I just knew it would piss you off. You and everybody else. Yeah. I do like Frogman, though. I'm still waiting for Marvel to. You go wait on that one. <laughs> well, okay. Now, let's get into 
some trailers. The real meat of the The real episode. meat. Yeah. We'll end it with the meat. Suicide Squad BTS. And Batman yeah. trailer, little teaser. I want to watch the, well, there was a Black Adam one too, but the Black Adam one's more of like a, let's, we didn't film anything, so we're going to animate a bunch of stuff and make the rock look like he's doing something. It was, it, pretty it was cool. pretty cool. It was pretty cool. If Yeah, if, well, not, not that I would say if you had to pick one, mm-hmm. but you have to see the Black Adam one. It is pretty cool. Oh, it's, it's great. It's, it's great. pretty cool. It's really cool the, looking. Because the, the other ones are the normal trailers and stuff like that that you'd see, yeah. except, except for the Suicide Squad one. It's just kind of like a like a list, and it's kind of like a cool way to, to right. reveal everybody. But the Black Adam one is actually, stylistically, pretty fucking awesome. Right. No, it is. And by the way, before that, uh, Matt Reeves' HBO Max series that Les was really iffy about is wondering, like, I watch it if Batman's in it. Matt Reeves said it will take place during the first year of Bruce Wayne's crime-fighting career. He definitely might be in it, or his presence will be in it. There you go. And that's going to be on HBO. So there's that. Okay. So we are going to watch the Suicide Squad behind the scenes. And this is James Gunn in his full glory. And he seems so happy. There's some characters I have no idea who they are. But let's check out the the behind-the-scenes Suicide Squad. WB, baby. I think it's going to surprise people. You kind of sit there and go, how did they do that? It looks like Rogue One. It's going to be different from any superhero movie ever made. A little apocalypse now, I guess. The world to direct the Suicide Squad. Then James Gunn. I was excited with an opportunity to be able to do the Suicide Squad in the way it could be done from my point of view. Is that King Tom? It's completely unique. This is a gritty 1970s war movie combined with the brilliance of James Gunn's characters and comedy. You need your director to set the vibe. The Suicide Squad is just a twisted fantasy of characters. Within each of our characters, there's a certain beauty. Within most of them. Some of them are just pretty crappy through and through. Huh. Be like a douchey Captain America. The guy who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he needs to kill along the way. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Okay, I got it. Don't ever settle back like you think you know where this is going, because you don't. As soon as you have some sense about what's about to happen next, James comes in. No! Everyone's exploding. Genitals, heads, arms, legs. Exploding. Genitals. Genitals exploding. <laughs> this is by far the biggest movie I've ever made. That actually says a lot. <laughs> I don't think that you know what to expect. Don't get too attached. It's so cool that they brought the old actors from the first one and then mixing it. Most exciting journey of my life making this film. That's the king of Staten Island right there. Mm. Huh. Wow. Only in theaters 2021. Wow. Okay. I want to get King Tom's first reaction here. What What do you think, King Tom, after watching that BTS? I mean, it, it looks like James Gunn is having fun, and I'm, I'm happy for him that he is. And will you be watching this in a the movie theater? I'll think about it. Ooh, that's pretty big for you. Yeah. DC film, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Rick, what do you think about this? It looks exciting. I don't know. How much you can make out of a you know behind the scenes reel, but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in this this uh, trailer. There's a there's a fucking shark and a, a weasel guy. Yeah, oh. that's what I said. Like, are those less? Break it down for us. Those characters, like polka dot guy, 
I I don't know what to tell you guys. They're 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 actually legit characters. Uh, they've battled some of the biggest heroes throughout, mm-hmm. obviously, and obviously they lost uh, because that's why they're on the Suicide Squad. Or some of them were able to like in the case of uh, I think John Cena's character is the Patriot, and he's just oh, unhinged. Patriot. It looks cool. It looks like it's almost like they could th- could have thrown like Kite Man in there, and that's like the types of heroes and the types of characters you're gonna get is okay. You know, not so much. I don't want to say irrelevant, but just lower level. Uh, but King Shark has actually become a pretty big deal over yeah, the last was, couple of years, right? But I think that's just because of like the rebirth, and then through the Harley Quinn cartoon, also on the CW's Flash, he he, he had an appearance on that show too. So. Oh, did he? Okay. Starro the Conqueror is the villain. Oh, I, I don't even know who that is. And basically, he's a big alien star plant like starfish and he's basically the justice league's first ever super villain that they had to fight that's what brought them together did the super friends fight them yeah uh good and he's got basically like when he takes over people it's like a star face hugger kind of thing going. oh really like alien yep oh shit see he's actually a legit dc villain okay weird but it, it fits in this movie as wacky as it is Idris Elba is not playing Will Smith's character. He's playing a different character. Yeah, he's playing. Okay. Uh, oh man, what's basically this guy ditched the Vietnam War. His brother went instead. Ended up losing both his arms and legs. Then uh. Elba's character felt the guilt and started having episodes. And Luthor gave him a weapon that shoots kryptonite needles and some other stuff. Oh he's my just, gosh! You know, he went on like a murder spree to get Superman to show up so he could fight Superman. Yeah, dude, these are just your lowest level. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to say it like that. I mean, just your. But Not your A-list heroes here or characters. It makes sense. It's just rotating fodder. Amanda Waller likes to keep her uh, squad fresh, utilize, you know, whoever she can get and just say, look, you're either going to die by my hand or I'm going to put you in a crappy situation you got to get out of. So. And boo, it's not like a full reboot because we see a lot of characters and a lot of actors that we see in the original Suicide Squad. That was, yeah, that was my question. A lot of other people's question is that I think there needs to be some clarification as far as what's going on. I think it shows that the Suicide Squad has grown and continued. And this is not just a starting up program for Amanda Waller, that this is her baby. This Mm -hmm. is her thing where she's like, yeah, this is, this is a, you know, one of my, one of the, one of the cards in my deck kind Mm -hmm. of thing that she uses on a regular basis. So I think that's kind of cool to see that it's, continued and that it's gotten bigger and maybe more funding and things like that and they're doing bigger and better well bigger and worse things i guess right so yeah i think it's it it could be clarified a bit but that's my understanding is that it's like this is ramped up a bit and this is the the suicide squad we're not starting out as you know yeah this this is probably so no this is it this is it this is this is what the idea that you're gonna get fully fledged fully you know put together and all that how stoked do you think uh, Pete Davidson was to get the call to make this movie or to be in it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely stoked. Of all the he people, you know? Yeah, he'll last five minutes in the film and he's done. It's great. It's great seeing that big cast. Les is right. It's great scenics, man. A big old cast. I hope it's what Suicide Squad was for the first 30 minutes of Suicide Squad. I hope it sustains it for two hours because that's where it sucked. Hopefully <laughs> this is better. It can't be worse. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. But we are going to get into the Batman. Now, everybody's seen this, obviously, correct? I waited specifically for it. Hell yeah. That's great, Eric. I'm very excited about that. How about you, King Tom? I've not seen it. Holy hell. 
this is really pumping me up here. So we are going to watch The Batman. If you listen to this podcast, you know I've been very excited about this film for a long, long time. And being able to watch this trailer, it all brought it together. By the way, absolutely love the song that they chose. Let's watch it. Already creepy. That would be a really shitty way to go. Yep. From your secret friend. Ugh. Hearing Kirk Cobain's voice with this song. Having a clue. And I spooked. Blue Doc Martins. Play a game, just me and you. See the owl on that thing? What about yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is Jeffrey Wright yes. Commissioner Gordon? Dude, he looks awesome. Yeah, that's Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Is that Russell Crowe? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look that bad. I know. So it's Andy Serkis' voice, obviously. Why is he writing to you? There's Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. If you that is the Colin Farrell, Colin guys. Colin Farrell, yeah. They could have just hired Richard Kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is the price for your blind eye? That's Paul Dano. The hell are you supposed to be? This part's the best. Ooh. I'm vengeance. We're getting a little different Batman there. <laughs> oh, I'm always interested to see if uh, whoever plays Batman changes the voice when they are Batman to when they are Bruce Wayne. So I'm interested to see here hear, hear uh, yep. Robert Pattinson talk. Oh, something in the way of Nirvana. You're part of this too. How am I part of this? You'll see. Was that Robert Smith at the end? From the care? No. <laughs> huh. Oh, okay. So I want to get Eric's take, King Tom's take. You guys haven't seen this. What do you guys think? Well, um, it's pretty neat. I <laughs> I like the tone of it. I'm I didn't expect to dig it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like like the the hopelessness of it. Mm-hmm. I guess. He looks pretty cool, right? He does. I think yeah. he I think he looks great. I think he's a great actor. I know he yeah, catches he a lot of grief for you know being in the Sparkle Sunshine vampire <laughs> movies, but you know what? It he did a good job in those too, what he had to work with. And I I I'll see this. I probably won't go to the theater to see it. I don't know, it depends. Who knows what I'll do, but it cool. All right, good. Pretty cool. Okay, how about you, King Tom? It looked like you would expect Batman movie to look like i like jeffrey wright i think mm-hmm. he, he's gonna be great in it pattinson like eric said he's he's a great actor but then at the same time you know that one scene where he's beating the shit out of the kid <laughs> right that and the the what eric said hopelessness the dark and gritty that's not entirely my thing 
Okay. So it doesn't make me want to go see it. Which is interesting, King Tom, because that's that part of the trailer is the the most talked about part of the entire trailer. Everybody's talking about that exact scene of him beating the shit out of that guy mm-hmm. and how they freaked out when they saw it and how much they loved it. Because it's a different version of Batman where he doesn't seem like he gives a shit. Well, right. not only that, Robert Pattinson is not your typical mm-hmm. action star. So right. for what it's worth, I would like to think that a lot of people, because remember he got into that controversy when he didn't want to work out at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. stay in shape. Right. And people got freaked out. Got upset at that and started bitching about that. So you kind of, I mean, for people to be like, oh, this is delightful because he can kick some ass. <laughs> he beats mm-hmm. some ass. He's delightful. Like, oh, looks like he's tough enough. You're like, uh, come on it's it's batman he's gonna have to fight like I, I understand where king tom's coming from with the whole needing it to be not so much of the late night in the cave kind of thing where everything is just black and, and deep red and all that stuff but, but isn't that I, I gotham kinda... isn't that gotham in itself like when you see gotham sunny usually batman's case is, is the case because he operates at night when the bad guys do too, but Mm -hmm. there's still a different aspect of Batman that I really think they said this may come out, but when it's the detective aspect Mm -hmm. of Batman, it's no longer that it's him. It is his mind at work. So it kind Mm -hmm. of changes the scenery, just kind of changes the tone of the books at the least. And if you add that to the, if you are able to bring that to life, and I mean, I think they took it. They they did a good job with uh, Keaton's Batman when mm-hmm. he broke down the Smilax chemical, you know, right. and he like actually sat went to it and like actually broke it down and like was at the back computer. Mm-hmm. He was at the back computer a lot. Keaton, if you look at it, Keaton's Batman yeah, he was mm-hmm. was as much a detective as the character can be. He mm-hmm. pretty much did both. I like it. I like how it looks. I like the I like the Batmobile for sure. Yeah, it looks badass. Is, is, is that a Dodge Challenger or a Charger? I don't know what like that a legit, is. Like legit, like sixty-eight, seventy. It's the vengeance. It, it's uh, <laughs> it is the vengeance. Yeah, it's badass. You know, I I gotta say, for a movie that they said is only twenty-five percent filmed, they came up with a pretty fucking solid trailer. <laughs> they so, sure did. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, twenty-five to thirty percent done. King Tom. That's it. That's that's pretty. Uh, that is impressive. Yeah. yeah, so it it seems like, you know, any, you know, quote unquote effects, be they explosions or whatever, are mm-hmm. practical. That part is pretty impressive. The beatdown scene, what got me about that scene is the line when he says I'm vengeance, mm-hmm. because that immediately threw me right back into the animated series of that right. Kevin Conroy line of him saying, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman which is like it's one of those iconic moments from um, from the animated series. The other thing that really kind of hooks me about this movie is just the star power and the fact that mm-hmm. we're, besides Jeffrey Wright and a few glimpses of Robert uh, Pattinson, we're, we didn't see faces of the stars in the way that we would normally expect to see them. No. Paul Dano is completely covered up and all, all the, yeah. it's just goggles as, as the Riddler, which, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, as, for my point of view, I think the Riddler is, he's, I think my favorite of, you know, the, the Batman rogues gallery, mm-hmm. you know, Catwoman is it, uh, Zoe Kravitz, you know, she's, her face is completely covered up. And then our right. penguin, it took me a, like a day to realize that right. that was, I'm blanking on the actor's name. Colin now, Farrell. 
Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Here's a guy. I remember the first time I saw in Bruges and I was like, holy shit, this guy's, mm-hmm. he's something else. I love that movie. And then I'm watching this. Like, and like I said, jokingly, fuck, that's Richard Kind. They put yeah, it was just like Richard they, Kind. Just they like beefed him up a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, this movie, hoping they don't throw too much in it because we just named three major Batman villains right there. You know, hopefully they don't go that, you know, the, the Spider-Man 3 route could set up a very, very cool looking Gotham. Just with the star power that they were able to bring in for this first movie, I'm excited. And, and, for and this. we never saw Marconi, which is John Tor- Tortino. Tortino, what's his name? Tuturo. Tuturo. Yeah. I Your will take. say though, good use of the music for this one. Um, oh, I, I loved. Yeah. I loved that this song was was used this way, mm-hmm. in in contrast to what they did for the Justice League trailer. And I understand that that was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I understand that, that was Zack Snyder's daughter's like favorite song, so that's why they right. used. Hallelujah yes. for that trailer. Yes. It's tonally for what they were doing for the trailer. It, it, it seemed very grandiose and kind of over the top. Yeah. I understand why right. he used it. It didn't really fit what it seemed the movie may or may no. not be about with no, this extended cut. So I understand why, but this song for this trailer just absolutely fit. Yeah. Perfect. And it's not a huge popular Nirvana song at all, mm-hmm. but it's such a great song. It's interesting. Cause you know, this is supposed to be Batman starting out. You know, this is after year one, of course, but he's still pretty fresh on the scene. Right. You know, he's going to make some mistakes. You know, he's still meeting villains and things like that. You know, people he's going to be fighting for potentially decades. So it's it's interesting to see how he's already become Batman mm-hmm. in such a short time where you know, he walks into a crime scene. Nobody blinks an eye. Everybody's right. like everybody's like, oh, shit, it's Batman. But nobody says a word. Nobody freaks out. None of that. It's like, all right, well, he's fucking here. This means this is a big fucking deal. So that's interesting to see the violence. I think I could attribute to him being a younger Batman, kind of a, I don't know, maybe not as precise of a Batman, whereas he's like, I need, I need to set an, I need to set a, a precedent, here. an example. Yeah, exactly. One of these motherfuckers is going to be the proof positive that I will fuck <laughs> you all up kind of thing. People don't know who the fuck he is yet. Yeah. Some people right. don't. And he's like, well, you're going to learn tonight and then you're going to spread the word and then people are going to know. You don't you don't do shit at night because I'm around. So well, it, it'll be interesting to see that. But I I thought in Batman versus Superman, the Gotham that you see, I did dig it. I did stylistically the colors because that I I was like, that's fucking that's Gotham. Mm-hmm. I felt it instantly. Also seeing it, you know, in the in the Keaton movie and things like that, there's not much color. It seemed a bit too dark. Mm. Like there's like not a street light. In sight. But remember, this is film noir is what they're yeah, oh, keep tapping it as. Absolutely. Yeah. So so I, I think I have to see more footage and, and to really get a feel because I know that there's going to be more light and there's going to be stark contrast of, you know, mm-hmm. there'll be, you know, you know, the solid gray, but there's also nighttime. Mm-hmm. You have a almost like a moonlight yeah. feel yeah, to it sure. and things like that. And then there's something that needs to stand out is going to be red. There's right. be a neon sign or yeah. something like that. So I, I understand that, but it seems I, I think I need to see a little bit more to see how dark it is. You, you know, just just it reminded me of seven a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think I think it's going to be a mix as far as yeah, I'm sure everybody's played, but the Arkham games as far as maybe violence, mm-hmm. where he's actually going to fuck some people up, a group <laughs> of dudes or right. something like that, and then also almost the verging on the realism of the Christian Bale Batman movies, where mm-hmm. you see him. He's yeah, like you know, like Les said, he's at the computer. He's having to figure shit out. He's not just you know fighting crime. He's like, well, I have to figure. Out yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of that. And one thing I'm really hoping for is prep time. 
Batman needs prep time. Mm -hmm. So he needs to decipher, figure out how do I beat these people? How do I, you know, best them? Mm -hmm. Not not at their own game, but just in my own way. That's what I'm hoping for as far as the detective part. I I want prep time. I feel like in that scene where he just wades into that dude in front of all his cronies is that's a sign of somebody who hasn't managed to keep their emotions in check when they're mm-hmm. they've got a job to do and you you get in there and suddenly you're taking out everything that's wrong on the person that you're yeah fighting. that's exactly what it looks like He's when i was younger man and i would end up getting into a fight it was always very much a you're getting ready to pay for everything that's wrong in my life right now <laughs> situation <laughs> And that's what that looks like to me. He just, yeah. you know, doesn't know how to how to keep a grip on it. Well, yeah, I'm very excited about this. And 30% done. That's crazy. And I was thinking there is one film that shows Gotham during the day and it, it, colorful a bit. And that's Birds of Prey. Oh, that's true. I hope they make this universe last long enough to bring other rogues to the screen. Mm-hmm. I'm getting really tired of the same old. Same old enemy. Yeah. And it's either going to be Riddler or the Joker at some point. I need a real Victor's ass. I need the actual, you know, give me Firefly. Like, give, like, let's, let's step it up, you know, get like some, let's get some of the ones that are not so, quote, relevant to Batman, but still give him a challenge. I right. mean, Firefly would be an awesome, awesome villain to bring in to take for him to take on. I mean, actually give us Killer Croc. You know, uh, the Mad Hatter would be great. These He's got such depth to his rogues gallery that they could do this forever. And I just don't understand why they haven't figured out or why they always keep, when they clean the slate, this is what they give us again. You know, uh, Christopher Nolan, we did get a great Joker out of that. And we got a pretty serviceable Bane. Mm-hmm. But I think with this one, they should be able to let's let's take the adventure and go into like some of the more overpowered villains that he has to take on. You know, give me a legit Mr. Freeze that's like six foot six and got that freeze cannon or even, you know, dig up a poison ivy. Let's just make it last long enough to get to some more of his more uh, popular or cultish villains, please. So you want like the, the guy Liberace that- played. Which one was <laughs> Which one Piano is that? Man. Oh Piano my man. god! So, the maestro. So Les, you want all the the rogue gallery from the show Gotham because every week they brought out the B sides, all his uh, enemies. Max, Maxi Zeus, Toy Man. Come on. Let's yeah, they had all of those guys. Yeah, maybe we'll get to see that if this thing is successful, which I think it's going to be. DC has an opportunity here to run the show for a while because not only do they have Wonder Woman all set up, they have Suicide Squad set up, and they have the Batman thirty percent done. They have a head start right now on Marvel and they have a chance. They could own 2021. They could own 2021 and 2022. Because they, because what, what they, what they could possibly do is but not, not just figuratively own 2021, but all of it. You know, they could own a holiday slate. They could own the summer slate. They could own that time, that weird time in the middle between, you know, the holidays and, and summertime. Mm-hmm. So they could dominate every I, big chunk of movie time. Look at King Tom. He's not agreeing with you on this. Look at him shaking they his could. head. I, that's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, oh. I, they could. But King Tom, all they have is Black Widow. 
No, they have Black Widow. They have the Eternals, Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision. They have all these shows in production But they haven't for filmed Plus. a damn People- thing, though, King Tom. They haven't filmed anything but Black Widow. You guys need to not do that. You guys need to not do the Marvel versus DC. Why not? We can do whatever the fuck we want. This is a Sith list. <laughs> no, because you want to know why? Listen, Raj, Raj, I'll tell you why. Because they have to find a spot to put in Tenet Part 2. That's why. Ah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Y'all, That's I'm true. just saying, industry-wise, we shouldn't be pitting them against each other. What? This I, is what we do. Fan, We're a podcast about pop culture. That's yes, what we do. That's how we make Marvel competition. That's right. Need, we get better jobs. They mentioned it in that behind-the-scenes trailer specifically. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So I, don't have to, I don't think that's this is what the route we should be going. Give it to us. Just give us everything. Keep loading it up. Bring it on. Let's go, DC. Roll some good shit out. Keep the tr- keep the momentum going. And Marvel, you just keep doing your thing. Hey, I'm not it's saying it's great when the two biggest bullies on the block are kicking ass at the same time. I don't need them going against each other. In all it, honesty, it's been a year since D23 last year, and everyone seemingly forgotten the Marvel presentation where they said this is everything we're doing for the next four or five oh, years. I was there. I saw it. It was very impressive, oh. and the storylines are very impressive. What I'm saying is, DC's got a head start on all of it. For the next couple of years, because um, nothing is because of the pandemic. Nothing is in production for Marvel. Marvel except has for two Black movies Widow. in the can. W- w- which two movies? Black, Black Widow, Widow and Eternals. Eternals yeah. are done. Eternals done. It, yeah, it was supposed to be in theaters this uh, this fall. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I didn't know Eternals was done. That's that's pretty huge. Yeah, yeah. And Black, they just wrapped Agents. Black Widows. They're they definitely got, done. Yeah, they got they got stuff. I just don't think getting into the whole. Uh, Let's do this. Let's do that. Let DC run its race, man. Let them. Hey, man. Get on King Tom's the one that's not letting them run the race, man. King no, Tom I didn't does not say that. I didn't say that. King Tom does not I want them to succeed. That. You hear I'm that, Wim? I'm fine with DC succeeding, but don't say, oh, you know, the next year, the next five years is theirs. No, don't. No, no, no. I said, I didn't say five years. I didn't say five years. I said the next couple of years, they have a chance to run the table. That's what I said. Dad hasn't sat down to the table and the chicken's already there. You can grab the big piece. Right now, but dad, but dad's coming back to the table. And they he's are. Gonna eat. Oh, Marvel's yeah. going to dominate because their story group is better. Their characters more relatable. I get it. I'm a Marvel fan. I'm just saying this is DC shot. And if they mess it up, it's on them. Like this is a shot for them to really take over for a next a couple of years. The way it's going after them firing all their comic creators, they're Ooh. pretty much throwing all their chips into the movie, the cinematic yeah. part. And right. it's, you know, sacrificing some some big pieces. So I think they'll be okay. I think they figured out that's what they want to do as far as content. Yeah, and bringing Keaton back, the, all that stuff. The flat, it's it's they, they have a chance to do it. I'm not we'll like a DC lover. They don't think I'm with a whim here, King Tom. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm on your side. Just because I didn't like the end of Infinity War doesn't mean I'm not a Marvel guy. All right, we'll end it at that. Because I don't <laughs> me, I, me and King Tom still want to be friends after this. Gosh, what is happening here? It is time for Rick to play the Flash Round. It's time for the Flash Round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Favorite boy band? Um, ugh, I don't know. Do, do, do the Beatles count? They no, do. they don't count. Yeah, they do. No, they yeah, don't. They do. Yeah, they do. They're a boy new band. Ad- new edition. So he asked for the Beatles and he says new edition. That's fantastic. <laughs> Love it. Okay, that's definitely their boy band. Favorite bounty hunter? Ooh, Cad Bane. Ooh, nice. Favorite musical artist or band in general? Descendants, hands down. 
Oh, nice. Favorite cuss word? Fuck your mama. <laughs> All three of those together. I like that. <laughs> fuck you, fuck <laughs> your mama. We've okay. never had that. It comes with an extra weight yeah, to it. Yeah, this is really yeah, good. Fuck your mama. Yeah. Okay. I'll put a little growl on it too. Fuck your mama. There it is. There what color would your lightsaber be? Green. All day long. If you were to pick a planet to live in the Star Wars universe, which one would it be? I'm going to go Yavin because it seems like, uh, you know, pretty cool place to be. Temples Very and all plush. that. Yeah. Being Mexican in the temples that we have uh, down there and in Central, Amer- Central America and stuff. Seems very yeah, it's like homey. it's like Cancun, pretty much. Chichen Itza and all that. Rogue One or Solo? Rogue One. Cassian, come on. Rogue One. Oh, yeah, that's true. My bad. <laughs> Leia, Padme, or Rey? This is a tough one, only because for two of these characters, we have a little bit of span of time between them, uh, like as far as like the longevity of characters, but I'm going to go Leia. Okay. Favorite cereal? Ooh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's a really good one. Have you ever had that shot? You used to, obviously, own a bar. Did you ever? <laughs> did you, he still does. What are you talking about? I know. Yeah. No, the, see, uh, I, I was the guy who was wise enough to the shots and uh, didn't have the ones that were goofy like that. So if anybody ever mm. offers you a cement mixer, don't do it. Oh, so I've never had a cement mixer. I've had don't. a cinnamon toast crunch. It's fantastic. Okay. What's your favorite shot? Um, I'm, I'm just a simple guy. Just give me a, a shot of whatever. I'm not a big like liquor drinker. I'm a beer drinker. So. I don't, okay. doesn't really, doesn't, except I will not ever, ever, ever drink tequila, tequila, oh, tequila, okay. get that shit out of my face. I've had yeah, me and Mr. I, me and Mr. Cuervo got into a fight years ago. We haven't oh, spoken so, since. So no, yeah. no way. I've gotten in fights with Cuervo, with Johnny, with all of them. Mr. <sighs> Malort. I've, I've seen that. Oh, fuck. I just got goosebumps. Don't even. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? I don't like peanut butter. So throw that shit Jimmy in the trash. Crunchy. I don't want either one of them. Wow. Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we're done. Or Rihanna. You know, I, I, I knew I was going to struggle with this one because- mm, It shouldn't be a struggle. Because musically, I don't really care for either one of them. Yeah, it has um, nothing to do with this question. I know. But <laughs> if I'm going straight just in a lineup, Rihanna. Wow. Yep. Rick. Well, now doubly kind of It was nice we, talking to you, Rick. Yeah, I know. Now it's Rick, doubly I'm kind of glad we didn't I'll get be, to meet at Celebration. I'll be back for 212. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You can like Riri. He is, yeah. Eric, tell him what you tell him. Hey, man. Ace job liking what you like. I'm so glad I got to hear that with my own ears. Like in person <laughs> instead of like it's told to somebody else. So thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. No problem, man. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. That is true. Even though it's wrong. Yeah. Rick, tell people where they can find you and listen to your wonderful podcast. Uh, well, you can uh, find me co-hosting Jam Transmissions with my good buddy, uh, Peter Viox. Uh, we are on Twitter at JT Comlink. We encourage emails for the show. You can find us at um, emails are comlink at Jam Transmissions. Uh, you can send any emails about anything Star Wars. We will pretty much cover whatever um, is in the news or, you know, book reviews and stuff like that. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Cad Bain's Bounty. That is why Cad Bane is my favorite bounty hunter of all time. Um, you know, generally talking about Star Wars there on the old Twitter machine. Having a good time. Fantastic. And that will be in the show notes. So check it out. Click and listen. Mr. Tom Chansky, where can people find you watching those DC films? Uh, I'm actually going to be busy studying episodes of Casey's Top 40 in preparation for the next segment of Naboo. 
Casey 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 keep your feet on the ground and you keep can, reaching for the stars damn it I was gonna say that oh uh, I'm sorry you can find me on Twitter at Tom Chansky and then doing Patreon shows for the Bad Motivators Steel Wars and Blue Harvest great Mr. Strathers where can people listen to you not at gigs that's for sure uh, check out my other podcast The Bad Motivators where we talk about collecting toys and Star Wars and uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric Strathers great and Mr. Gonzalez where can people find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at less is more 78 there it is and less again I'm not trying to be DC versus Marvel okay just relax <laughs> just bring it down a notch yeah. I don't believe it just the, I don't believe it. Uh, King Tom, why are, you, why are you hating on content? Stop hating on content. We have nothing else to talk about. Let's stir some controversy. That's what I, that's what I do here. <laughs> Carlos Buarguello, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Sithless Boo. And you can find me at the Sithless on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Really, really appreciate it. And we'll catch you next week on episode number 213 of the Sith List. Coffee being stuck on my nose in sixth grade. <laughs> and I, ne I never got it out and it kind of disintegrated up there.
and it gave me a migraine. I didn't go to school for the next two days. That was actually fourth grade. Maybe it was two years not, of your education. Not surprised. That, that explains a lot. Now that <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, not it. surprising. <laughs> Fuck off, big Tom. Have you, have you had ADHD <laughs> since then? You know what's funny? Maybe it was absorbed in your brain. <laughs> you just been jacked up the entire time. You know what's time. funny? Right when I was saying it, I was thinking about it. I was like, "Fuck, King Tom's gonna say something." 